Okay. It's great to hear Mike last week. If you didn't hear that message, it's online. It's called My Story, NorthgateMinistry.com. Shared what God has done in his life and a little encouragement towards submission. This week you'll hear from Randy. And in the weeks and months to come, Kevin is going to share as well. But today we're going back to the words of Jesus. We're excited about that. And a couple weeks ago I shared about how Jesus' mission brings us joy because he heals the brokenhearted. He just changes our life. And the first couple of messages were a little more difficult because they were about following him, the narrow way. That can be really difficult. And in Matthew 7, we talked about not judging or not being critical. Let me remember that message. All right, that's good. A few. That's good. Good. Today, we're going to go kind of a little bit following last week, a little deeper. Mike talked about submission. This week, I want to talk about obedience because we love that Jesus saves us. Amen. Oh, we love the joy he brings. Amen. We love it all. But when he says, do what I say, I like to do it when I get blessed. I don't so much like to do it when it's hard. I want to tell you this morning, straight off, that obedience is difficult. It is not easy. It is a challenge. And if you find it hard to obey the sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not alone. Definitely, it is a challenge. But I want to tell you, That obedience is an action or a response to a heart that has been radically changed by the love of God. All right, so you could say, I found the love of Jesus. But then if you don't obey, wow, there's going to be no blessing and no fruit, right? And the only reason I can tell you that with absolute certainty is because that's what Jesus said. I don't want you to think, oh, Pastor Dan, big meanie telling me to obey. No, these are the words of Jesus, but we're going to break it down. Obedience is not a negative word. Obedience is extremely positive. Amen. I'm going to try and your kids teach them to obey. Come on, don't do that. Bite your tongue, do whatever you have to do. Sit on your hands. You ever tell that kids in the car? Sit on your hands. I'm tired of you guys hitting each other. Sit on them. Do something with them. Would you just obey? You ever said that to your kids? Well, maybe not. You're all good parents. Maybe just the shilky struggle. Anyways. Didn't I tell you that? Two, three, three. I wonder what God says to us, huh? Shilky, would you sit on your hands? Would you shut your mouth for once? I told you not to do that. Oftentimes when we think of others and their struggle to obey, I encourage them, would you just think how patient God is with you? We're very quick in pointing out others' lack of obedience. Would you just think how patient God is with you? Okay. Matthew 7, though, I'm going to read. We've got four points today, and we're going to try and remember them all, all right? And we'll have a test at the end. And we'll see if you remember next week. I woke up this morning thinking no one really remembers any sermons anyways. But anyways, I'm still encouraged to keep plowing on. Here we go. Matthew 7, 24 
It's in red in your Bible. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So the first point today is obedience builds an incredible foundation in your life. You will not be able to tell the difference between someone who obeys or disobeys when things are going well. It's when the storm comes that you will be able to tell the people who are listening and obeying God. I want to make it very clear in this passage that Jesus quotes here. He says, both heard... But what was the difference between the wise and the foolish builder? They both heard, but one... They both listened. (laughs) But one... He did it. He kept it. Now, this is an easy example. You have two kids. Go take out the trash. Okay. 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 One does it. One doesn't do it. That's wise to foolish in the things of God. Now in that time in Israel, and probably still today in Palestine, in the summer heat, and it's dry, the sand can look very hard and strong as a foundation, but when the rains come and loosen it up, there is no security. So Jesus makes it very clear to us that in your life you're building a strong foundation when you do what he says. Now I want to just encourage you, not what man says, not what tradition says, but what Jesus says. Because a lot of what we do is tradition. But I want you to encourage you, he's speaking of my sayings, my word. That's what we are to obey because each of us is going to face a storm in life and the rains are going to come and it will determine your foundation if you truly have obeyed what he has said. I'm learning. I went to a marriage seminar. I I told you that and it talked about your real personality or person comes out when you are squeezed. You know that? A little financial pressure, a little relational pressure, a little stress. And the one who is strong in the things of the Lord doesn't go, woohoo, doesn't fly off the end of the charts, doesn't go crazy, doesn't get angry, doesn't lose any form of sense of who they are in the Lord. Sometimes when the stress comes and the rain comes, we're like, well, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't know the love of God. I don't know anything anymore. But if you simply listen and do what he says, you will be secure and know the truth of what he says. Amen? Do you want a strong, incredible foundation today 
Can I encourage you with the words of Jesus? Do you want wisdom in your life? Not only hear his words this morning, but do them. Great example. Two weeks ago, I'm being challenged. Three weeks ago, I had a sermon on judging, right? Don't judge. Don't be critical. Jesus says, don't do it, right? Oh, I find myself doing it. Remember, it's going to be measured back to how I measure other people. And that's the way it's going to flow. But if I do what he says, there's an incredible protection in his foundation that I don't have to worry of what's measured back to me because I've done what he has said. It's finances. It's giving. It's relationships. It's everything in life. It's fairness. It's you fill in the equation to what he's spoken about. And if you truly will do what he says with his help, you are going to be wise and have a tremendous foundation. And you might say this morning, I've blown it. And I say, oh, join the crowd. So have I. Okay. But today's a new day. And his mercy is new every morning. He is great and he is faithful. So today as we move forward, when you're thinking about obedience, when it comes up, realize that you are establishing a secure foundation for the rest of your life. Now, isn't that encouraging? Hello? (laughs) This is good. Okay, the second one. I want you to know this morning that obedience brings supernatural blessings. It releases the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So not only are you building a foundation, I I, I want to be blessed. Every people, Pastor, pray that I'll be blessed. I love to pray that you're blessed because God wants to bless you. But Jesus would say, you want to know how you want to be blessed? Obey what I say and you will be blessed and release the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It will flow through you as you do what he says. You might remember in Luke 11, I'm not going to quote it, but the story that someone came to him and uh, they say to Jesus, Oh, blessed is your mother and your brothers and your family. How incredible. Like they got to grow up with you. You're perfect. Amazing. Does anyone know what he says? He says, No, blessed are those who hear and do my word. Now think about that. Oh, I get to be around Jesus all the time. Imagine I'd be his brother, his mother. Oh, Mary. She's blessed, right? Oh, Mary, right? Like, woo. No, yeah. (laughs) Right? Mary. Jesus says, You know what? You have the ability to have that relationship. If you simply hear and do what I say. And he goes on, if you read that passage, and he says, You will be blessed to obey. Absolutely incredible. If you hear and do God's word, you will be blessed. Remember the parable of the sower, where he's casting out the seed. The first one doesn't last very long. The second one doesn't last very long. The third one, all the weeds, the cares of the world, right? They take control and it doesn't bring that fruit to maturity. It would say very clearly in Luke 11, but the last good soil, the seed goes in and it produces a harvest of how much? What does it say? Does anyone know? Bible trivia. 
hundredfold. I went to a trivia night Friday night at a Christian school. Praise the Lord. Good thing we had good teammates. We came second because I didn't know any of the questions. My wife said, I want you to come. I said, why? I'm not going to trivia. She said, they might have some Bible questions. Christian school. So I waited for a Bible question all night. And there wasn't even one. <laughs> it was good for nothing. I actually took points away from our team. Jim Connor was like, I think it's this. And I'm like, I don't think so, Jim. So they wrote my answer, and it was wrong. It was his. The team was like, go get a water, Dan. <laughs> uh, anyways, but the trivia was it's a hundredfold. Now, if we had a crop that produced a hundred times... That would be pretty good, right, Millers? That would be excellent. You'd be selling a lot of stuff at your stand. And here he says, this it is, if it's good soil, my seed, my word. Again, the listening happens, right? In most of the soils. But the weeds come up, but the other soil, when it comes up. And do you know what he says in Luke 8, 11 through 15? What makes it good soil? Just take a crazy thought. What is it? That makes good soil. It is those who hear with a noble heart and keep my words. I go to church. I hear what you say. I heard what Mike said last week. I'm, I'm going to hear what Kevin said. Pastor Dan, I'm going to hear what you say. You have to do more than hear, but by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to keep it and do it, and you will be supernaturally blessed. Where are the blessings in my life? I will ask you, are you keeping the truth of the words of Jesus in your life? When he says, love your brother. Oh, what is love? I love my brother. Okay, love's not keeping a record of wrong. It hopes all things. It bears all things. Whoa, whoa, you lost me on number one. <laughs> I'm in trouble with my wife on that one, let alone my friends. But he's saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep it, do it. We just went through Ephesians 5. Children, obey your parents. Well, parents like that one. How about slaves, obey your masters? How about at work, are you truly obeying? what God says in his word to those who are in authority over you. Or how about masters? Treat your workers with respect and dignity and fairness. Are we doing that? You want to be blessed, folks? Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, abide in me. Are we doing that? Well, I know I'm supposed to read my Bible, and it's not a have to, it's a get to, because Jesus says, abide in me. Be with me. Have you ever went to be with Jesus throughout the day as you're driving, turned off the radio, sat quietly, read your Bible? Have you ever left that saying, that was an awful experience. I hated it. I can't believe it. Well, maybe if you're convicted of sin. But isn't it a good thing? And I think in the church today and in my life, I need to hear the words of Jesus Christ. That I will be blessed to obey 100 fold, even when it's hard. What did I start this sermon off by saying? Is obedience easy? I want the blessing, but I don't want the difficulty. I want the power, but I don't want the suffering. It don't work like that, folks. It does not. And we know Jesus exampled that to us, and we'll get into that in a minute. 
We know the story in 1 Samuel 15. If you don't, I'll remind you or teach you this morning that Saul was a king asked to obey and destroy another nation. He doesn't completely do what he's told. And Samuel the prophet comes to him. He was supposed to really destroy everything and not take the loot of sheep or leave the king alive. But then as Samuel comes, he hears all these sheep and he's like, Saul, what did you do? You didn't obey. And Saul said, oh, come on. Paraphrase. I did what you said minus just a couple of things. And I love to teach in my Bible class with teenagers, but I think it's good for adults as well. That partial obedience is disobedience. That's the equation. There is no halfway. There's like, well, I kind of. There's not a sort of. And I'm not saying grace isn't here. But we want all the blessing and we want to create the firm foundation. And so it's all or nothing, folks. And the grace of God will help us and forgive us, but it doesn't take away from the fact of what Jesus says. You want the blessing all the way. But it's very interesting in that as Samuel speaks to Saul, he says this, obedience is better than... Again, obedience is better than... God doesn't want your money. He wants your obedience. God doesn't want your hands raised. He wants your obedience. Not that he doesn't, we're not supposed to give to him. Not that we're not supposed to worship. But those are some sacrifices we think of. Oh, I didn't do this, so I'll give you that. I'll give you my time. I'll do this at church. I'll even go into the nursery. I'll set up chairs. I'll sacrifice my Sunday. I can't believe I got to do that. That's because I didn't obey all week. Now come, come, come. God would rather you do nothing in regards to sacrifice or service Until you obey his truth and his words. It says he delights. Listen to me. He delights in that. He delights in your obedience. You want to make God happy today? Obey. Don't justify sin. Don't justify your action. Don't like the world so I could do what I want. There is truth. Amen? There's foundational truth. Amen? And God speaks it, and our job, through His Holy Spirit and His power, is to obey it. And I hear way too much in my life over the years, and maybe in your life, why we're not supposed to, instead of why we should. And God is calling us today to a deeper relationship with Him, and it starts with obedience. I said obedience isn't easy. That's why we don't do it. It's actually very difficult not only to look at the words of Jesus, but the life of Jesus. It says in Hebrews 5, 8, Though He was a son, yet He learned obedience by the things He suffered. Yikes! How does God learn obedience? Like, that's radical, right? Like, wrap your mind around that verse. That's tough. But he didn't learn through failure. He learned through success. He learned to obey by obeying. 
That's amazing, but what was the factor suffering? What is this whole picture of? It's the Garden of Gethsemane. And the battle was hard, and he was sweating blood. He was in such agony and said, If there's any other way, God, I don't want to do this. And I heard last week Randy talking about that in communion. Why? Well, the physical pain, but the separation from the love of God in that moment on the cross. Jesus said, I don't want to do it. But the battle was won because he obeyed. And it was hard and he suffered. But he ends with this. Your will be done. And I got news for you folks, if it was hard for Jesus, it's really hard for us because we have to die to ourselves. You're calling me to love, you're calling me to give, you're calling me to care, you're calling me to serve. I don't want to. Because I have to give and die to myself. That's what Jesus was doing. He was dying to his own will to accept the Father's. And that's what we are called to do. But I want to tell you this morning that in the garden, as you read it in the Gospels, that God was so faithful. Whom did he send to Jesus? In the midst of his battle, it says an angel came and strengthened the Lord. And God is so gracious to help us in the midst of our battle to obey. It is so amazing that he says, you're not alone. I will help you. And now that Jesus has gone through it, even in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, he says you have a high priest who can sympathize with you and can have compassion on you in the midst of your temptation, in the midst of your battle to obey, that he has a throne and he says, I've got grace, unmerited favor, mercy, just waiting for you in your battle to obey. He says, just come to me and I want to strengthen you. That's good news. Because when it's hard, he says, look, The curtain's gone. You can come right to me. And there's a word in there, boldly. You don't even got to knock. You can barge in. Sometimes Amy and I are trying to have a serious discussion at home. Probably talking about the kids, but don't tell them. And sometimes they burst in. What you... (laughs) We didn't ask you to come in. We're talking about you. There's times I've opened the door and they like fall over because their ears are like, (laughs) right? What you got it out? That's not the way it is with Jesus. He doesn't close the door. He doesn't say, you're alone. You got to fight this battle. You got to obey. I know it's hard, but good luck. He says, come in and I will give you grace. What is grace? Not only forgiveness. Grace is the power to strengthen you to live a godly life. In the book of Titus, grace isn't just something that happens on the cross. But because of the cross, he trains you to deny ungodliness and do holy things. And we have a society that's ungodly and giving excuses to why we can't obey. Oh, you know, my life. I was born with two parents, and they loved me. I can't obey. What? I went to school at that school, Maryville High School. How can I obey? You don't know my education. 
Oh, baloney, because Jesus wants to come and help you and strengthen you wherever you are. And it is dog hard, whoever you are. But he says, I'm going to strengthen you to get you through. So instead of complaining why we can't do it, let's look at what we can do because we have the creator of the universe on our side empowering us to do what he says. Thus, we can build a foundation and be blessed to overflow in our families, in our communities. And this place will be changed as we choose to simply obey what he says. You ever heard his little spiritual voice? You need to pray more. Yes, I know. When Pastor Dan says, you have your prayer, it works. I know, Dad, stop telling us. And then you sit down. Time to pray. Oop. Isn't my favorite show on now? What about the Raptors? I know I can record them, but it's not like watching it live. I don't want to get up. Hey, I'm just, I'm with you, okay? But we know when we do it, we're blessed. We're blessed to obey not only the word of God, but the little voice of the Holy Spirit within us. Go left, go right. Stop doing that. I really believe in the Garden of Gethsemane, what happened was an alignment of the heart of Jesus to the heart of God. Your car ever been out of alignment? You know, pulls left, pulls right. You ever had that? I've had some old cars. Maybe you guys all have new cars. (laughs) Sometimes I got that steering wheel, I end up in the ditch if I leave it for five seconds. I've had some old Hondas that want to drive on the other side of the lane. And I can remember taking it to get it fixed, and I took it to the garage, and they took it on this machine, a Canadian tire, and they have these lights, red light, red light. And then he goes under, he's got this wrench or something, he's like, and then I get it, it drives perfect, straight. It needs an adjustment, an alignment. What happens with our will in the garden, which we face all the time in different ways, we have to align ourselves with the will of God. And it happens through the tool of suffering. Oh, my. You want to be aligned to drive straight for Jesus Christ today? Maybe you need to go to the garden to get an alignment to put your heart in line with his will. I don't like going to the shop because it costs money. But I need to go to this spiritual shop to change my rotten heart. To become what he calls me, which is a saint. Finally, so that was that whole point. Maybe it was a little long, but obedience is difficult, but we have help, right? So the first one, let's review. Obedience is an incredible what? Yeah, that's two. Obedience is an incredible foundation, right? Say it together. Obedience is an incredible foundation. That's right. Number two, obedience will release incredible blessings in your life. You understand that? One and two foundation blessings as obey. Number three, obedience is difficult, but God will help you. Amen. Amen. And number four, the motivation to obey is this, love. Because sometimes we get a little confused. We see obedience as the stick. Before we got in trouble for spanking, which we occasionally did, I went to my friends, the Millers in New Jersey. They still have a spank stick in their car. Um, But I remember the days we had them everywhere. Don't get mad at us. We had nine kids, man. 
All right, and don't go telling anyone this either, but sometimes they needed a little whap. Sometimes Amy needed to whap me too. Um, but sometimes we get all messed up in our mind thinking obedience is all fear-based. And that's what I want to take away from you today. Obedience is love-based. Because fear is the beginning of wisdom, but it never carries you through to complete bearing a fruit beyond what fear can bring. Only love can do it. And it's a great, you know, if you have a two-year-old who's immature, you say, fear, they're young. You get a timeout or a little pinch, don't do that. And we're called to do that, and that's good. Taking away something they like, maybe a privilege, and saying, if you disobey, you lose your privilege, and there's a penalty for that, and it's based on fear. And that's okay at the beginning of our relationship with God, but there's something much deeper and greater that takes us deeper, and that's obeying because of love. Because as those children get older, and they get, you know, that fear doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. And then they get angry, and that's what it produces. But if your obedience is based in love, it will be more continual. It will be more pure. And it will bear way more fruit in your life. For instance, in marriage, if your wife asks you to do something, your husband asks you to do it, you're not fearful. Oh, they're going to leave me because I didn't take out the garbage. You don't think like that. That's not right then you have a marriage that's based on fear. But if you choose to submit, as it says in Ephesians, one to another out of love, what you have is an amazing marriage. I'll take the garbage out, not because I'm scared what you'll say to me or do to me, but because I love you. Do you understand the difference? And if you have a relationship based on fear, it goes nowhere. Everyone's always walking on eggshells. and Oh, no. And there's nothing worse than that. I'm going to be mad. And that's our picture of God sometimes. He's got his big stick and he's going to get you. You have a wrong picture of God. Because God wants you to obey because he loves you. Because he wants to bless you. Because he wants to protect you. Because his motivation is love because he is love. And it says in Hebrews 12, what is it? He chastens those he loves. Why do you discipline your kids? Because you love them, not because you, you hate them. Don't touch the stove. Well, I just want you. I, I just want to get you in trouble for touching the stove. Because <laughs> we love them. We don't want them to burn their hand. Hello? Well, why is God any different? Well, I can't believe my parents don't let me do that. Well, your parents know they did it, and it caused them a lot of pain, and they want you to spare that. And that's what God is saying to you. I love you so much. He's given you these things to do because he wants to protect you and bless you. And what we say is, oh, what about me? We're just like little kids, right? Like, oh, why can't I drive the car at 140? Mm. Why do I have to wear my seatbelt? You know, well, um, I don't know. Maybe if you get an accident, you'll live. That's God to us. He loves us so much. And he says, if you love me, you will keep my... Let's say it again. If you love me, you'll keep my... So not only his motivation is love for us, but our motivation in obeying is strictly love. And then we will see amazing growth. 
The greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. How do you do that? You simply do what he says. How do I love God? I'm not an emotional person. I don't raise my hands in church. I don't dance around. I don't sing very loud. Well, he says, if you love me, just do what I say. In a lovely voice. You see, First John says he loved you first. How did Jesus love you? He obeyed his father. How did he love you? He obeyed his father and he came to this world. I don't think it was his first choice. How did he love you in the garden? He obeyed his father. And that is the example that set. And God so loved the world that he sent his son. Do you think that was easy? And now he says, be like me, obey me. And the motivation is always love, love. Because fear only lasts a moment. But love will last forever. Are you obeying today? Why? Why? And those are the questions you have to ask yourselves. And I think in each of our lives that the Holy Spirit wants to say something to us this morning. Very clearly and straightly, He wants to say something. He wants to say, I love you. Do what I say. And for each of you, it's something else. What I have to obey in may be easy for you, may be hard for you, but he's calling out to you, his Holy Spirit speaking to you. What is it that he's calling you to obey in? It's different for all of us, isn't it? But you're going to make a firm foundation. You will be blessed. It will be hard. But it's all because of love. Amen? Amen. All right, Lord, thank you this day for your grace and your goodness. We're going to celebrate your obedience and your love now in communion. If there's anything in our lives, Lord Jesus, that we've simply been disobeying in, I pray that you would show us, you would reveal it to us as David prayed, Lord, search us and know us. That we can get the wicked disobedience out by the power of your grace. May we know we're forgiven this day. May we walk with you. May we be changed. Lord, we need your strength and your power. We need you. (laughs) But we want to be genuine and honest and seek our heart for your glory this morning. And the beauty as we see the things that we've disobeyed in, as we take communion, we can know that we're completely and utterly forgiven. This morning, Jesus would tell you that you're forgiven as you believe in him. As you confess him as Lord of your life, you're forgiven. All the junk is gone and you start fresh and new. He wants to empower you. So we want to remember Jesus this morning and his obedience and his forgiveness and his love just worship him just worship him so the elements are in the back it's randy and the team just sings respectfully quietly searching your heart worshiping the lord you can get the elements and bring them back to your seat and we'll partake together let's celebrate jesus this morning let's worship him